Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Amen. Let's pray together. Almighty God, thank you for a chance to step into your house. Thank you for a chance to gather around your throne and lift up our hearts to you. Thank you for a chance to sit at your table and share together in this symbol of your love. Thank you for this time of year when we remember that you were willing to give all that you have, your very life for us. This morning, Lord Jesus, we come to worship you. Speak to us, move us, draw us close to you. May we see you high and lifted up as we worship you together this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our scripture lesson this morning comes from that uh, last meal that Jesus sat down to share with his disciples. And a lot of things happened in that last meal. Um, uh, There was uh, a time where Jesus uh, actually took off his outer garment, put a towel around him, and began to wash the disciples' feet um, to show them that he was uh, to serve them even though he was Lord of them. Uh, a, a powerful moment. There, uh, there was that moment where um, Peter and Jesus had this interaction about what, what Peter's choices were going to be when, when Jesus is arrested. And uh, of course, Peter was sure he was going to stand firm. And uh, Jesus let him know that, no, he would, he would deny him. But in the background of the whole time, especially in the Gospel of John, there's the story of the guy named Judas Judas Iscariot, and Judas uh, is mentioned early on in John uh, when it comes to this last meal, because you see, Jesus knew why Judas was even there, and Jesus was willing to wash his feet, and Jesus was willing to share with him, and so when we come to verse 21, we come to the moment when Jesus is finally going to confront Judas. And this is what it says. After Jesus had said this, Jesus was troubled in spirit and testified. I tell you the truth. One of you is going to betray me. His disciples stared at one another at a loss to know which of them he meant. One of them, the disciple whom Jesus loved, was reclining next to him. Simon Peter motioned to this disciple and said, ask him which one he meant. Leaning back against Jesus, he asked, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, It is the one to whom I will give this piece of bread when I have dipped it in the dish. Then dipping the piece of bread, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, son of Simon. As soon as Judas took the bread, Satan entered into him. What you are about to do, do quickly, Jesus told him. But no one at the meal understood why Jesus said this to him. Since Judas had charge of the money, some thought Jesus was telling him to buy what was needed for the feast or to give something to the poor. As soon as Judas had, let, had taken the bread, he went out and it was night. May God add God's blessing to the reading and hearing. This thing in on the crossroads. Um, and, and we're going to talk a lot about the crossroads that we face in our lives. And, 
And, you know, when you come to a crossroad, you really come to that point where you must decide. You have to make a decision. I remember early on uh, in my ministry here, uh, Lee Bartlett was having surgery um, in Pittsburgh. And uh, I'll, I'll never forget asking Normie, how do you get to Children's Hospital? Now it's the old Children's Hospital, not the new one. And he said, well, you go down and you take this exit. And he said, whatever you do, don't go across the bridge. Whatever you do. So I'm flying down to Pittsburgh, and I get into Pittsburgh, and, and there are a choice of four lanes. And I, 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 I've been going straight through, and I, I thought Normie had said to go straight through. So here I am in the middle lane. I'm going straight through, and all of a sudden, there's the bridge. And in that split second, I had to decide... Do I make the fateful decision to go across the bridge or do I risk my life, put on my NASCAR gear and whip around the corner cutting off a numerous people and causing a massive wreck? I only live once, Kenny. Yeah, and I wanted it to last a little longer. So I crossed the bridge. And two and a half hours later, got my way back across the bridge and made it to the hospital. But in that moment, you ha- I had to decide. Now, it's interesting because it's not like I hadn't done some preparation ahead of time. I mean, it, it really isn't just that moment, is it? Uh, because, you know, I, I had looked at maps and, and that was before a lot of the GPS stuff, and so uh, I, had a, I had a general idea, I knew where I wanted to land, so I had that clear, I, I wanted to be at Children's Hospital, but when I got to that moment and had to make that decision, all that preparation all of a sudden kind of came together, and all of a sudden in that moment I realized I was headed the wrong way. I wish I could say that only happens in the vehicle When I come to a point, a crossroads in my life. What I have discovered, which you probably have and certainly which Judas did. That there comes that point in our lives where we have to decide. Where we have to make a choice. And I've discovered that that choice isn't made just once. It's made over and over and over again. What's interesting is uh, now when I go down to Children's Hospital, of course they moved it, but uh, now when I go down to Women's Hospital, which is near where Children's Hospital used to be, I, I have yet to go across the bridge in years. You know why? Because I made the wrong choice once, but from then on I knew how to make the right choice because I'd been there. And the same is true in life. When you begin to make the right choice, the next right choice is a whole lot easier because you've already been there. It doesn't mean that you don't come to another crossroads. It means when you get to that crossroads, you have a better chance of making the right choice. Judas, in this morning's passage, has come to a moment where he has to decide. He can't be on the fence. And you and I both know how he decides, right? Because he is known as Jewish, Judas Iscariot, the betrayer. And that's the choice he made. 
How can we, in the moment when we are confronted, when we have to choose, how can we be prepared so that people won't know us as the betrayer? Oh, I know what you're thinking. I would never. I would never betray Jesus. And yet I'm not so sure that Judas, when he joined the disciples, joined thinking that someday I will betray Jesus. But there was something going on in Judas's life that was going to lead to that direction. See, he was already making choices that, were all, that was already headed that way. When he came to that moment of decision, I would like to say it was just that moment, but what we see is it's been going on for some time. Judas, in his heart, has begun to make that decision long before Jesus confronts him at that meal. It started in his heart. It's interesting what we know about Judas. Because you see, Judas, um, we discover early on in the gospel accounts, uh, had a thing about uh, that change in his pocket. You see, Judas was really living a lie. He was with Jesus, but he wasn't really with Jesus because there was something in his heart which was much more important than Jesus. In his heart, there was something that drew him closer than Jesus would draw him. The Scripture tells us that Judas was the treasurer for the, for the disciples. He he carried the money bag. He, he made sure that the bills were paid, so to speak. And the scripture also tells us that Judas in his heart had this thing about finances. And every once in a while, he compensated himself from the, the money bag. And I'm sure Judas was not thinking, well, I'm stealing. I'm sure what Judas was thinking was that, hey, I've done a lot of work for Jesus here. I should get something out of it. Those other disciples, yeah, they do their part, but I'm doing all this extra, making sure the money's taken care of, making sure the bills are paid, along with all the other ministry opportunities that presented themselves. Certainly, Judas thought that he deserved the little extra. And after all, no one's going to miss it. And we see this little germ begin to grow in Judas's heart. And all of a sudden that handful of coins became very important. And he has an opportunity. You see, as he has walked with Jesus, he and Jesus have had some disagreements. Some disagreements about how things should go in ministry and, and how the group should be headed. And, and Judas was convinced that, that if Jesus would stand up to the Romans, then they would have the freedom and the, the, the uh, kingdom that they so desired. That there would be some power, some prestige. Uh, I'm sure Judas was sitting there thinking when Jesus began to wash the disciples' feet, this guy has it all wrong. And so when the time came and the, the leaders of the, the Jewish church approached him, he had a price in mind. Well, if Jesus isn't going to fulfill what he understood the Messiah to be, then certainly he should get compensated for all those years of service. 
Now, 30 silver coins wasn't a whole lot. But sometimes you just have to cut your losses. And Judas was willing to take out 30 pieces of silver and betray Jesus for 30 coins. Not a lot of money, actually the, the price of a slave. 30 pieces of silver. You see, he'd been living a lie the whole time. As a matter of fact, even in the end, when they're sitting around the table, the other gospel writers tell us that people went around saying, surely not I, Lord, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't betray you. It's not me you're talking about, is it, Jesus? Surely not I. And then when it comes to Judas, he continues in the lie for fear he is found out. He says, surely you don't mean me, Rabbi. And notice the word Rabbi. Not Lord, not Savior, not King, but Teacher. And even in his answer, his heart betrays him. You see, that's the thing about betrayal. It really begins in the heart. It begins with where you understand your relationship with Jesus to really be. A lot of people live a lie. They talk like they're a follower of Jesus. They may even show up to church. Uh, they, they may even do ministry. They may even be a part of, of the activities that go on. But here's the question. Where really is your heart this morning? Is your heart devoted to Jesus? Or are there other things that stand in the way? And I know, because see what happens is when we start thinking about our heart, we immediately say, yeah, I'm with Jesus 100%. But there's a time where you have to be honest because we're good about justifying all the other things that take our, our allegiance. I, I love justification. Justification is always a, a, a thing that, that gets me by, right? So I know I shouldn't eat the chocolate bunny. Easter's coming. So I have, you know, it's only once a year, better just even out the ears. You don't want to eat just one, not the other. Uh, and going to a health store later, that's good. I love this. Coca is a plant that makes chocolate a vegetable. It is. So that's where I get most of my vegetables. I really like the one where it says eat the eye because you don't want them to look at you. There's all kinds of good reasons for the other things that take our attention, isn't there? But Jesus wants to know, he knows, he wants you to share where your heart's really at. Where is your heart? It's time to be honest. You see, you can fool me and I can fool you. But neither you nor I can fool Jesus. And if we're dishonest with Jesus, we find ourselves walking down the road toward betrayal. And I would suggest to you that when the time comes, we would betray him. Where is your heart? Be honest with him. Betrayal is, a, is begun with an, a dishonest heart. So today, now is the time 
to be honest with ourselves. Is Jesus truly first in our lives? Or have we been making excuses? Judas has to make a very difficult choice. And and that choice really is between Jesus or Satan. Did you notice that? We don't talk a whole lot about Satan. Uh, Something about our world where uh, to personify evil as Satan seems kind of um, old-fashioned maybe. But the truth of the matter is Satan is very real. And Satan doesn't come as we've seen with the the, uh, red suit and the horns and the pitchfork. That's not how Satan shows up. The scripture says Satan is beautiful. And Satan is very good at convincing you that what you're doing is good and right. May have done that to Judas, as a matter of fact. I'm sure that Judas, in the midst of all this, thought, perhaps if I play Jesus' hand, he'll have to step forward and do what he's meant to do in the first place. But Satan is very deceptive. He sneaks in. He whispers in your ear. He puts his arm around you and says, really, this is a good choice in the end. Choose me. Even with Jesus, Satan didn't come in and say, oh, Jesus, uh, you, you know that I am the way. Instead, he tries to get Jesus at the beginning simply to do what he knows Jesus can do. Turn this stone into bread. It's no big deal, Jesus. You can do it. It won't hurt anybody else. What difference will it make? Just show me who you really are. Prove to me. Who you really are. Jesus says, I don't have to prove that to you. For the word of God says that. That's not exactly how he says it. But read it. That's what he means. The word of God is very clear. That if you want to live, you should eat of what's real and true. The bread of life. And Jesus is that bread of life. Here is Judas. He's got to choose. Judas has already played with this whole idea. Where will he stand? How will he respond? He's worked with Jesus. He's served with Jesus. He's walked with Jesus. And yet that hasn't changed his heart. And now he has to decide. You see, Jesus doesn't let us go on and on and on and on. At some point, he puts it right in front of us and says, now you have to decide. Choose. And what's interesting is, if it were me, I would have, if I were Jesus, I know this is a stretch. But if I were Jesus, and we're in that upper room, and I know Judas is the betrayer, which Jesus already knew, I would have said, you! How dare you! Get out of here! But Jesus, who who is just the incredible embodiment of the love of God, looks at Judas and actually hands him That piece of bread. And did you notice the other disciples didn't even figure out what was going on. He didn't point Jesus out or Judas out. He didn't say, oh, Judas is the ugly, nasty one. He he just looked at Judas, hand Judas that piece of bread, say, Judas, I want to be your friend. I want to be, I want you to be on my side. Judas, choose me. You can still choose me. And Judas chooses To betray Jesus instead. And the scripture says Satan entered him. He 
You see, there comes that time when you have to choose. Where you have to decide. As a matter of fact, I'm going to suggest to you that today is the day you have to decide. And I say that because we often talk about, well, maybe, maybe later on you can decide. But the truth of the matter is, Jesus has brought you here today. And he's placing before you this decision. Are you going to follow him? Or are you going to follow Satan? You say, well, I wouldn't follow Satan. I, I don't know that I want to follow Jesus, but I wouldn't follow Satan. You, you see, it's one or the other. I either went across the bridge or I didn't go across the bridge. There was no other choice. I suppose I could have stopped, but that, <laughs> that was going to get real ugly real fast. I had to choose. There comes a time where you have to choose. Where you can't say it doesn't matter. And if you choose against Jesus, you choose for Satan. If you choose for Jesus, you choose new life. I wonder over and over again, what if Judas had said, you're right, Jesus? What if he had said right in front of everybody, I'm the one who had taken the money to betray you, Jesus. But I choose today. I choose now to follow you. I give up my, my desire for wealth. I give up my desire for power. I give up my desire to be somebody other than a follower of you. What would have happened in that moment? But Judas makes the opposite choice. And as Jesus hands him that bread, he takes that bread, but he doesn't accept his friendship. He betrays him. See, there's a time to decide, and that time is now. And then lastly, as, as Judas leaves, do you notice it got dark? See, the darkness then begins to settle. And that's not just a reflection of, of the time of day, although that is part of it. You see, Judas allowed darkness to reign in his life. And as you look at the rest of Judas's life, you discover that what Judas has decided has led to darkness, just not in his life, but into many people's lives. And the scripture says he went out and killed himself. Having realized what he had done, having realized that Jesus was condemned, having realized that all that he had hoped for was going to come to an end, having realized that this money that he had received to betray Jesus really wasn't worth it in the end. He returns the money, hoping somehow that would make him feel better. But the darkness has descended. He has made a choice. And in the midst of that darkness, Judas gives up. And takes his own life. Empty. Alone. In the midst of that moment, and perhaps to increase the sadness for Judas, Jesus was being lifted up. You see, Jesus had told Judas, I am the light of the world. He, he had told Jesus, Judas that if you put your trust in me, you would find the light of life in your life. As a matter of fact, he had offered him the, the chance to be a child of light, 
to live in honesty and openness, to watch God do incredible things through the light of the world. As a matter of fact, Jesus said to his followers, not only am I the light of the world, but I'm going to make you the light of the world. As I work in and through you, you're going to change this world. People who are in darkness will see the hope that I offer. People who have given up on life are going to see what I can do. People who feel like there's no way anything can satisfy. People who have tried to make it in wealth and people who have tried to make it with power and people who have tried to live their lives as if there was something important just on being alive and have discovered that there's hopelessness in all of that without a purpose and a direction, and you can offer it to them. And Jesus said that he would be lifted up. And if he were lifted up, he would draw all the world to himself. And that's exactly what he did. And so to me, the profound sadness is while Judas is killing himself in darkness, Jesus is being lifted up on the cross so that the whole world could see that there is hope for forgiveness. Hope for grace. Hope for light. And now you have a chance to live that. You see, here's the neat thing about choosing Jesus. When you choose Jesus, he comes into your life and he begins to transform you and others around you. So I have a question. You say you're a follower of Jesus? Bless you. You say that you're a follower of Jesus? Do you see a difference when you deal with people around you? How about on Facebook or Twitter? When you respond, how do other people respond? Is there a difference when you enter into one of those conversations? I avoid all those conversations. Scare me. (laughs) All those people reading that stuff. And when I write things, people don't get what I really mean. That always bothers me. You can't inflect. I know that's the problem. I'm an oral person. I I like to be able to say it to you so that you can understand what I really mean, I hope. And still people get it wrong. I don't understand. But the question is, when you interact with people, is there a difference in their lives? Or do they walk away having not been affected by you at all? You see, here's the thing. When we decide to follow Jesus and we honestly open our hearts to him and we let him look at our hearts and confront us with those places where we would be tempted to betray him. When we decide that we're going to follow him and put him first as our Lord and Savior, then what we should see is a change in us and in what's happening around us as people are confronted with us. And with Jesus in us. And if that's not happening. Then what's happening is we're betraying Jesus. And really we could go backwards. And we could say. We really haven't decided again to follow Jesus. We've decided to follow something else. And then we could go back a step further. And say there's really something in our heart. That we haven't offered to Jesus. Because that's where betrayal begins. You see, you come to a point of decision, but those decisions are influenced by all the other things you've done before. The question is, what are you going to do about those so that when the time comes to to be a child of light, to share his light, others see him and not you? Let's bow for a word of prayer.
Thank you, Lord, for your word and for the challenge today. So we want to be honest. Like all the other disciples, we must ask if it's if we are the one that would betray you. And Lord Jesus, there have been times when our hearts have not been focused on you, when other things have been more important to us than you. Where our position or, or what we could get or who we could be takes over our lives rather than opening our hearts to you and following you as Lord. And Jesus, there have been times when we've come to that moment where we had to decide. And we have tried to run in between two roads thinking somehow we could, we could split the difference. Help us today to decide for you. Lord Jesus, in the midst of that, use us. That this world that's so full of hate, so full of division, so full of confusion, so full of lies, may they see in us the truth of your love and your forgiveness and your grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.